Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc. They are all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two. I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. I love holidays, celebrations, and important calendar events. And this love has grown over the years to the point that these special events are a major part of my year. Now, I've tried to pull together various literature, hadith, du'ats, etc. regarding all of these special days. So this Islamic year, and at the time of this recording, I'm referencing the year 1440, I will do my best to compile these notes and suggestions per event and upload an episode that can be used as a reference guide. So I pray for infinite blessings and happiness for all of these events for all of you. Take care. I hope you're all doing well. This is really a special episode as it discusses my absolute most favorite holiday of the year, which is the celebration of the birth of the Prophet wasallam. And this we commemorate every year in the month of Rabi al-Awwal is the third month of the Islamic calendar and according to the, the dominant opinion the Prophet peace be upon him was born on the 12th of Rabi al-Awwal in the year of the elephant uh, if you remember from the seerah the episode when Abraha came from Yemen with the elephants trying to destroy the Kaaba and then his plans were thwarted we also have a chapter in the Quran uh, the Surat al-Fil the chapter of the elephant that discusses this episode the Prophet, peace be upon him, he was born about 40-50 days after this incident. And the people that like to correspond the Islamic lunar calendar with the solar calendar or the common calendar, whatever word you want to use, they determined that the Prophet, peace be upon him, was born on April 20th in the year 571 of the common era. So it would also be a good habit that we celebrate the milad of the Prophet, peace be upon him, also in April and even though the month is called Rabia, you know, like spring, but of course our liturgical calendar doesn't follow any seasonal patterns, but the Prophet, peace be upon him, actually was born in spring. So in the springtime in April, we could also have another mountain. We should, we should. Uh, no no harm in having more, more celebrations. So this really is one of the happiest occasions of the year. And when we come to reflect about what this means for us, in the Prophet of Islam, peace be upon him, we really have so much to be thankful and joyous for. Now, before I, I continue with the details of what this means and what this holiday uh, should remind us of and how we should go about celebrating, etc., I know that people usually question the validity of celebrating the Mawlid, which from an Islamic legal point of view is really ridiculous, but in any case, to respect that people genuinely have questions i put together a short blog post explaining the legality of the celebration uh, some of the source texts that we have uh, 
giving us the evidence for the permissibility of celebrating the birth of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and very light legal discussion of how uh, an usuli would approach those legal texts and therefore derive rulings. Very, very light, nothing too complicated. Anyway, it's going to be linked in the episode notes. So for those that are concerned or this comes up in you know family discussions or friends discussions or you found something online, I, I put that out there as a resource. But I really don't want to discuss that on this episode. I, I want to leave that for the you know reading text. You can read it there. And for the podcast, this episode, I really want to focus on the, the positive aspects of, of what this you know great event means for us. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, for us is a manifestation of mercy and beauty. We all know the verse of the Qur'an, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We have not sent you except as a mercy to mankind. Meaning that everything that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, did, stood for, thought, is a manifestation of mercy. So mercy and beauty, therefore, are defined by him, for us. So when we want to understand, well, what does real mercy mean? Towards people, towards things, towards yourself, towards your family, etc. You go back and you look at the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and you see how he dealt with those aspects, and that will be your answer. So everything that is good in life is essentially found in him, and therefore, we often refer to him as the perfect person, Al-Insanul Kamil, that he was the person in which was perfected the maximum possibility of the human condition, uh, whether it be ethical, whether it be moral, uh, whether it be intellectual, whether it be spiritual, etc., we refer to the Prophet, peace be upon him, frequently in our literature as the perfect person, al-insanul kamil. So obviously, if, if we hold him in, in that such high regard, it would be very easy to understand why we would celebrate that, why would be, we would be joyous of that. So our happiness and celebration is that we have this merciful gift we can attach ourselves to. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he, sell, he referred to himself as a merciful gift. Innama ana rahmatun muhda. I have been sent as a merciful gift. And not just to us, but everyone has access to that. So the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, is not a secret. Anyone can you know, read about the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in almost all major languages. Now, things might not be 100% accurate. Of course, that's a caveat. But nonetheless, it's out there. And for centuries, people have known about that. And that's an example for anyone that wants to follow that type of life or that type of character. Anyone has, has access to that. So we're happy. We're happy that we have someone to look up to. We're happy that we have you know, the mentor of all mentors, the teacher of all teachers, the sheikhs of all sheikhs. That's why we're so you know, into this celebration and why we, we look forward to celebrating it every year. And not just every year, but any time we remember the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, it's a form of our celebrating the milad and, and being thankful that God has sent us this as an example. And it's, he's not like a mythical figure. It's not stories that we can't access or examples that we can't follow. It's all there. That, that's my point in, in saying that the seerah is accessible, the biography of the Prophet, peace be upon him, is accessible. We know how he lived, what he said, what he did. And therefore, we can follow that. It's not a mystery. It's not a big, uh, it's not shrouded in, in secrecy. It's open and accessible, and that, as it should be. Now, this brings up another related issue, which is love. And oftentimes, we don't necessarily think of love and religion, but actually, I would argue, and many much greater people than me, like Rumi and others, you know, they are very prolific in reminding us that religion really is based on love. And when it comes to the Prophet, peace be upon him, 
love is actually an article of faith, that we love the Prophet, peace be upon him, above all, including our, ourself. This is an article of faith. This is how we determine if we are completely faithful in our belief or not, and consistent in our belief or not. And if we can understand that he is the manifestation of perfection, love and mercy, etc., it is easy to see why we would fall in love with him, and therefore have no difficulty in following him. So this is the mawlid, you know, this is what it's about. It's about celebrating these qualities of beauty, of excellence, perfection, mercy. And it's a tool for us to arrive at this love. So in the, in the celebration, and the reason we call it a celebration is that we are celebratory, so we are happy and joyous. And this is where the artistic expression of the human condition comes out, whether it's the form of poetry or song, or whether it's artwork, the visual arts, we, we go all out. You know, we decorate, we sing the poetry in praise of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in all major Islamic languages is so prolific. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. It would fill up your, you know, if you have a library at home, it would fill up the shelves of your library of all of the collections of poems in which the various people from the time of the companions, yes, and the companions did praise and sing the praise of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and this is one of the key you know, proofs of the validity of it, all the way to our time in all language, including in English. So it's a way for us to be happy and joyous and facilitate that love. It's a tool. It's a tool that we desperately need. So mechanically, how do we go about celebrating the Milad? Uh, what do you do on this occasion? So I'm just going to offer some very simple, hopefully, guidelines that will help people develop their own practice. You know, there's no script, so I don't want people to think that there's, oh, you have to do one, two, three. It's not like the other holidays and celebrations that I've been discussing in this series throughout the podcast. It's a little bit different. Typically what people do is they read a small book called a mawlid. And from the third Islamic century till our time, various ulama have written different mawlid texts. And, and what the mawlid text usually is, it's a description of the miraculous birth of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And sometimes in longer forms, it will go through the entire life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, but the highlights. So the Mawlid text is really not long. It's meant to be read and recited in one gathering. Some of them are prose, so you read them. Some of them are poetry, so they're recited and maybe even sung. Depends. Uh, there's a, you know encyclopedia, encyclopedic collections of these Mawlid texts, and in, also in many languages. So that's usually what people do, is they gather together, whether in someone's home or in the mosque, and they'll read this text as a reminder of the highlights of how the Prophet, peace be upon him, was born and the troubles that Amina went through and, you know, the passing of his father Abdullah, etc., etc. But the Mawlid text really is a subset of a larger genre, which is the seerah. So remember that the seerah is the biography of the Prophet, and I'll, and I'll get into to that in a second. So usually people get together and they recite some kind of Mawlid text. Usually there will be uh, songs that are sung in praise of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in, in multiple language, languages. And here my advice would be to use the language that is predominant of the community. So I've been at mosques where, or gatherings where the the praise of the Prophet, peace be upon him, is, is almost completely sung in Urdu. And as a non-Urdu speaker, I feel obviously left out. So I can understand when I prefer to hear these songs of praise in Arabic, other people would feel left out. 
So there is a growing genre of songs and praise and maulid text in the English language. And if you're listening to the podcast, I'm assuming that English is a very, either your primary language or a strong second. Therefore, there's nothing wrong with having these read or recited or sung in English. The point is to praise. And as a matter of fact, I really am looking forward to hopefully our children's generation creating these tunes and these songs that are native in, in, in English tunes and melody and meter, etc., and in English language and in coherent English in praise of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Because this is one of the beauties of, of faith and culture as they interact. So, anyway, that, that's typically what happens. Now, there are other tools that we have, so hopefully the maulid is a launching point and, the, and not the end. In other words, I don't want the maulid to come, you know, people celebrate and then they forget about it until the following year. The maulid is a reminder, just like Joma is a reminder, just like the prayers are a reminder. You know, the, the whole faith is based around this concept of dhikr, of remembering, remembering things that we forgot. So let us approach the milad as a reminder that we have tools at our disposal to help facilitate the things that we just talked about a few minutes ago, such as love, beauty, mercy of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So I want to discuss four tools. Again, this is not an exhaustive list, but I want to be concise and I want to offer something that people can you know, action right away. The first tool is salawat on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Again, salawat in any formula and almost in any language, but that all of us really need to have a daily litany of saying salawat on the Prophet, peace be upon him. It could be as simple as Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. And it could be, we should target, I would say, around 300 times a day. And some people might be, oh my God, that's a lot. It's really not a lot. And the thing about the salawat is that you can say it whatever you're doing. You're driving, you're walking. You're getting ready in the morning, you're at work, you have downtime. It's not something where you have to, you know, make wudu and go into a quiet room and face the qibla. I mean, those are all optimal aspects of invoking. But technically, you don't have to do any of those things because the salawat on the Prophet, peace be upon him, is something that is beyond all of that. So the tool of the salawat, as any dhikr, is it inculcates the meaning. You eventually you start remembering and reflecting on that which you keep repeating. So it's repetition. And that repetition has power, powerful effect, especially when it comes to the Prophet, peace be upon him. So that's an easy tool, and one that I hope that we can start right away and build on you know, every week, every month, moving forward. The second tool I mentioned a little while ago is the biography or the seerah of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And the seerah is simply that. It's the biography, what happened. And the seerah is very broad. In other words, it's not meant to be a legal discussion in which we, we try to ascertain what is the most sound narration of the story. And that doesn't really matter in the seerah. The seerah is much more flexible in the source text that it uses. It uses weaker hadiths frequently because it adds to the story. And alhamdulillah, there are many books of seerah that are translated in the English language. Now, I'm not saying that all of them are good English, but nonetheless, we have materials in the English language, and in the notes I will try to reference a couple of them, that you can turn to. And you shouldn't read just one, one book of Sira. You, you can read 
other books. Some of them are one volume, some of them are multi-volume, multi some of them really are bad English translations, I admit. But nonetheless, it provides like a timeline, a frame of, of the beginning, middle and end. And sometimes that's helpful and needed. So the seerah is, is the biography of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And that's something we should, we should definitely spend part of this month of Rabi al-Awwal and the second Rabi'a, Rabi al-Akhar, reading some of the seerah of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Another genre of literature that we have related to the Prophet, peace be upon him, is called the Shama'il, or the character and physical traits of the Prophet. And there's been a recent translation of a Tirmidhi's famous Shama'il, a work called A Portrait of the Prophet, uh, published by Fons Vitae. Again, I'll link that in the episode notes. It's a very good book, and it gives you that. It gives you his character and how he lived, how he looked, peace be upon him, how he ate the human aspects of him, an intimate view of how the Prophet, peace be upon him, was. And that's very important because it, it makes him more familiar. It makes him more, you know, closer and nearer to us, especially the physical descriptions where are, which are really unbelievably beautiful to, to read about how handsome he was, peace be upon him, and how long his eyelashes were and how dark his hair was and how his complexion was, peace be upon him, and how soft his hands were. To, 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 to see that over a thousand years ago, somebody used those, those words, those descriptive words to describe this, so, this beautiful person, peace be upon him, is really, really phenomenal, really amazing. So it gives an intimate view of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and helps you know, with that, making him nearer to us. And the third genre, or, or third genre of literature, and therefore the fourth tool I want to share, is something called the khasais, which are the special and unique qualities of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Now, unfortunately, there's not that much in the English language. I think there's one or two. I think a Suyuti's Al-Khasa'is, a Sughra, the minor Khasa'is book by Imam Suyuti is translated. Again, I can't attest to the quality of the translation, but I'll link these in the episode notes. These are important. Of course, in other languages, in both Arabic and in Urdu, they're a little bit more easily, readily uh, available. Uh, and in English, a book that sort of discusses a lot of what I'm trying to get at is the Shifa of Qadi Ayad, which is translated in the English language. Again, I'll, I'll link that in the episode notes. But the Khasa'is literature help us understand that, yes, the Prophet, peace be upon him, was a man. We don't believe in the divinity of, of any, any, anybody uh, or any Prophet, and certainly not the Prophet, peace be upon him, and the Qur'an attests to that. But he was aided with miracles and with special qualities. That's the point. And the special qualities are really far out. Uh, for example, you know, one simple one that comes to mind is that the Prophet, peace be upon him, could see behind him the way he could see in front of him. That's a special quality. That's a miraculous, you know, a miracle that he could do that. And the, and the Khasa'is literature discuss all of these things. And the point behind them, other than they're important to know because we need to understand who the Prophet was, peace be upon him, you know, by saying he's a Prophet, by, by definition, means that he's going to be aided by miracles as all the prophets were and, and special qualities. It also helps us have more respect and love for him. Because when you read it, you're like, wow, this is amazing. He was an amazing person. You know, peace be upon him. Wow, he could do that? That's unbelievable. That just, you know, blew me away, etc. Those reactions are what help us, you know, fall in love with him, follow him, praise him, love him, etc. So those are good tools. And I think the Mawlid celebration should be a launching point for us to take some of these books and some of this literature and spend some of the year looking at them, 
And I'm not saying you have to read everything, everything that's been written, and you have to spend hours and hours. It's not about studying or the academic approach, but it's about facilitating this love and respect and honor of the Prophet, peace be upon him, which the Mawlid really summarizes as a celebration. So I think it's worth it. And Alhamdulillah, we have enough in English that we can access and other languages as well. So I'll leave it at that. I hope everyone has a blessed uh, Mawlid celebration. And if there are any comments or questions, you can always reach out to me and I do my best to answer. Until next time, take care. Assalamu alaikum.